Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Care to Explain. This is Jenea. I'll be your host today, and my co-hosts are... This is Boko from LA. I'm trying to add something different here, you guys. <laughs> this is Jess from my room. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. This is Sarah and the mic. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I wonder if we could like create like Obed's stamp of approval for that or something. But <laughs> <laughs> today we are going to be talking about perceptions and really how that relates even like perceptions versus perspective, um, but really how that shapes a lot of different areas of our life. Um, today's episode is called Rose Colored Glasses. I'm sure most people have heard that saying, so we're going to actually get into that a little bit as well. And um, we'll just get started. I want to ask everyone... If you can share a time where, I don't know, maybe you were discouraged or sad or stressed out, you know, feeling anxious, maybe you were upset or mad, maybe you're really mad about something. Um, is there something you can think of or a time that you can think of where you had a shift in your perception of what was happening and it actually shifted how you felt about it? Yes, there was a time. And uh, I'll go first. Uh, for me, it happened, well, when I was thinking about this question, I could think of many things, but I'll stick with one that's a little lighter. And it happened actually during COVID, right? Um, probably a lot of people who went through COVID um, living alone. Uh, that was really hard for me. That was very, very hard for me, um, you know, because when COVID happened, so I moved from Seattle, for those who don't know, I moved from Seattle to Los Angeles, and I don't have any family in LA. And not even a year after I moved and like COVID happened, everything was shut down. So <clears throat> I don't think that I made like enough close friends, you know, to be like, hey, while COVID happened, like, hey, do you want to come hang out with me? Because when it happened, you know, everybody was like very careful. And most of the time people just were with their families and who they lived with. And so I felt very alone. Um, like I would see people post and like it was people's time to like spend more time with their mates and more time with their children and, you know, more time with their family. And I was just sitting here like by myself and I was like, so what, what do I do? Like I'm, I'm working from home. I live alone. And I was like, I, I mean, I was very distraught about it. And then I started like reaching out a bit more. Like, for example, there's this friend of mine, shout out to Raina. I've known her like 15 plus years. I never knew her until COVID because I actually started like being like intentional about the conversations and like my connections with people. I was like, I'm going to call people, right? I'm going to reach out. Um, and then little by little, I started to not feel so lonely anymore. Like I wasn't envious of people that were spending time with their family. And then that might sound actually bad, but then I was also like my perspective on them spending time with their family was, <laughs> well, you know, after a while, it was getting a little crazy, you know, like spending 24 hours, like people with their spouses and people with their children, like being trapped together for 24 hours or days on end. And I was like, well, I get to have space 
like on my own. Like I get if when I want quiet, I can have quiet. When I want to turn the TV on and like blast music, I could do that. Like I got to know myself a bit more. You know, I got to read a little bit more. And I think just like switching my perception of like, sure, I'm physically alone, but like I'm not truly alone. Like I'm not lonely. So that was for me. I mean, there's so much more I can say about that, but that definitely did help. You know, I want to say as someone who went through something kind of similar living alone, I actually remember, it's hard for me to even remember that I felt, I mean, I was stressed because I didn't have an income, you know, because I own my own business. And if I'm not sitting in my chair doing my job, I don't make any money. And unemployment is not set up to give to business owners. Of course, they made accommodations, but I literally had to go a while without making a single penny. And I was more fortunate than a lot of people. But I just remember feeling like, if I was married, you know, maybe there'd be a second company, or at least I'd have like someone to share this burden with, or yeah, it was like that whole, like, almost like I'm a victim kind of thing. And I don't remember when the shift happened, but there was definitely a point where I was like, man, I'm so happy I live alone. This is the best thing ever. And, and I think I said it in one of the podcast episodes in the, when we first started recording that like, I actually got to the point where I was like, you know, I haven't once been bored. I haven't like, I mean, really, I was like lonely in the very, very beginning, but I think it was more out of stress and worry of like how I'm going to take care of myself. But it wasn't like full on actual, like, I'm alone. I don't even know how to explain. But either way, I always thought that I needed, I wished I had someone. And then later on, I was like, yeah, I'm so happy that I don't have to stare at the same person every day, like all day, 24 hours a day. Like It just sounds miserable. And, <laughs> and I was like, I actually really had a good time with myself. I really enjoyed getting to know myself. But I mean, it's not exactly the same, but I really resonate with what you're saying. This experience is when I first came to the U.S. So I was a teenager about, um, what, 13 and a half, almost 14 um, initially, I was very excited to come, but I had a really hard time when I came. Really hard time. I mean, I was crying, tears, crying every day, begging my mom to send me back to Africa because I just did not like being here. I miss my friends. And I mean, I miss my mom because my mom came when I was much younger. So I was, I was just more so excited. Man, it's been so long. She's been trying to bring me here. And I'm very excited to finally have my mom next to me. But when I got here and reality hit for a teenager, I missed my friends. I had no friends. I didn't speak English. I just did not fit in. I would cry every day. I was extremely sad. I would beg my mom to take me. And she was like, you're going to be grateful you're here, blah, blah, blah. So that was very challenging for me at the beginning. But... Um, I remember just kind of like thinking and communicating with my friends through um, social media at the time. All of them were just like, they envied me, you know, they wanted to come to America. That was their dream country to the U.S. So I think I don't remember exactly how long it took, but after a year, maybe I could speak English kind of maybe not fluently that much, but I could have, I could hold conversations after a year of being here. So I think after that, I was just like, okay, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I just need to, you know, make friends here instead of wanting to go back home. 
And so just thinking about how this is an opportunity, perhaps that not a lot of people have, you know, because when you're in America, you have a lot of um, freedom. Like when I think about being an American citizen, for example, you can go to a lot of countries without necessarily needing a visa. And even if you do need a visa, it's very easy to obtain compared to how it is from other countries to come here to the U.S. I know you know, coming for us, coming to the U.S., the visa was very hard to get. That's why it took my mom so many years. Yeah, I just kind of thought about all these facts and I was just like, let me just make the best of my situation and just try to take advantage of it as much as I can and then, you know, see how it goes. So then I became happy. Then I met you girls and I have a podcast now, so I'm happy to be here. (laughs) How's your English now, Sarah? Can you say compatibility? (laughs) Wow. I'm going to find the word that trips you up because you too, you know, English is not your second language. It is. is, Actually, no, it is my second language. (laughs) English is not your first language. There you go. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll share my experience. Um, I have so many perception shifting moments, but um, like when I was a teenager um, and I kind of started like venturing out on my own a bit and going like to parties and meeting new people, kind of like around the time I graduated high school, um, I just felt so awkward. Like that's always been my thing that I'm just like a super awkward person. I feel super awkward all the time. And so like I would come like home from a party or whatever it might be and just be like, oh my gosh, why did I say that? Why did I say that? And just kind of run over like everything that was weird from that experience. And so then it's like, then I would just either not go out as much or I would like not talk as much when I went out because I would just be like, let me just be quiet so I don't say something weird. Um... And then, I don't know, one day I kind of just realized, like, maybe I'm talking to friends or I don't know how I just kind of realized that, like, everyone does that, you know, to a certain extent. I mean, maybe I do it more, but, like, everyone does. And because of that, like, when you're talking to someone, chances are they're not thinking about what you did because they're too busy worrying about what they did. So in reality people don't even really notice like the weird thing that you said. So then I was just kind of like, oh, I still feel really awkward. But at this point, it's just kind of like, whatever, that's just me. Like, I just kind of laugh about it. And I don't feel like everyone else is like keeping a tally of like, man, just is so weird. I mean, I'm sure that there are certain experiences that stick out in people's mind. But, you know, I have friends and, you know, people still invite me out. So can't be that bad yeah, yeah I, I do it I all like the time that, <laughs> I, was saying, I like I can identify with that too <laughs> yes. I do it every time we have a pot we, we record the podcast <laughs> we log off and I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe like I said that and everyone's gonna hear it forever and ever <laughs> you know I actually chose to do this episode at this time you know this episode has been a, a nice way for me to to live in my emotions as I make this huge transition in my life. But um, I was about two months ago and, you know, I finished my school. I'm trying to find a buyer for my business and I just, you know, I'm applying for jobs and I'm 
just kind of stressed out there, you know, you know, all the people in tech were telling me, you know, a lot of companies aren't hiring at the end of the year, they wait till the beginning, their budgets reset, blah, blah, blah. And I just there was there's two there's two parts to this. One is that I had really thought about, okay, if I had if I got a job tomorrow, like really, would that even be a good thing? Because I was so busy, you know, trying to get all my clients in and just really trying to keep up with my my activities outside of work. Um, there's so much planning that goes into what I'm doing right now. So anyway, that was one piece, but it wasn't enough to really shift how I felt about it. The thing that really shifted my feelings is, and when I say feelings, I mean the intense amount of stress I was feeling is I realized like, okay, let's just say my, I'm, I had already decided my business is going to close down on January 15th and that the action taking that action did not change how I felt. I was actually slightly more stressed because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I don't have a job? Well, I just remember thinking if I had a job lined up for January 16th, like what difference is that going to make in my life today? Like really, like how does that impact my experience in today's actions? It doesn't, it does not change anything, but here I am, I'm losing sleep. I'm like, constantly kind of worried and stressed. And, you know, even though I was doing a good job of talking myself down a lot, like reminding myself, what would I do if I had a job today? Like that would be more stressful. But really, it was like, I'm worried about something that hasn't even come yet. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I just that that one little shift in my thought completely and I when I tell you, I mean, it completely ended all of my concern. That was a huge moment, and it was the moment I decided I'm going to do an episode on perception and perspective. And then I started thinking, what is the difference? Like I use, we use that word a lot, like interchangeably. We say perspective, but really we're talking about our perception or whatever. But they are two different things. So I did want to spend just a little bit of time um, discussing like what the difference is between perception and perspective. Um, what do you guys think is the difference between those two? And obviously you can quote anything maybe you've researched or whatever, or just give your personal opinion. So for me personally, I think perception and perspective are two words that I always thought were the same thing. I just, I just thought there were two different ways of saying the same thing. I read the difference. It's cut and clear in front of me. And I'm like, that's the same thing. So I'm, I'm just going to blame this one on the fact that English is my second language, not my first. And I'm still very much so confused about the differences. Well, isn't there like two separate words in French for those words? From those definitions, I feel like your perception is how you view something or how you I, understand something or someone. I think your They're perception affects the way you view something. That's exactly right. So you're at, what about you, Jess? Do you have a thought on that? Um, I guess I'm kind of in the same boat as Sarah, and I can't really claim the whole English not being my first language thing. So <laughs> I don't know what I can chalk it up to. I think for me, um, I always have a little bit more difficulty, you know, talking about abstract concept versus concrete concepts. Shout out to Myers-Briggs. You know, like I'm a concrete thinker. So when it comes to like these abstract concepts of perception and perspective, I'm kind of like, I, I same thing. I'm like reading over the definitions and I'm like, isn't that the same thing? So that's why I'm just kind of <laughs> hanging back and listening to what you guys are saying, because hopefully I can understand it more. 
the whole reason I even introduced this question is because I was really motivated by this idea of, you know, oh, when we shift our perception, then we shift our perspective, right? And I just kept thinking, am I using those the same way? But no, it's true. It's like first the thought had to occur. It had to be something that was transformative as well. And then it changed how I viewed the situation. And then it actually physically changed how I felt about the situation. Uh, But John Maxwell, um, that he says that perception is what you interpret. It is your understanding of a given situation, person, or object. It is the meaning you assign to any given stimulus. And then he said perspective is your point of view. So it's the lens you see the world through and determines how you view yourself, others, and everything else around you. So I feel like one is an internal thing and then the other is more how you relate to the external. And actually talking about Myers-Briggs, it makes me think about that, right? Because one of those letters is like how you relate to the world, right? So like, are you sensory? Are you intuitive? And another one is how you make judgments. How do you judge the world? And that's, you know, how do you make decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, based off of your perspective, you make decisions, but you relate to the world based off of your perception. So they are very similar and they're connected. Your perception shapes your perspective. So in therapy, like if you want to make a change in your life, you don't necessarily change your perspective. You have to almost change your perception first. That's my understanding of I get it. doing all the research. Yeah. Yeah. It makes more sense. I get now. it. I think the way, I, so I think of it as like, it's kind of like when we breathe, we take in oxygen. And then when we like exhale or like breathe out, we exhale carbon dioxide. So the perception is the oxygen and then the carbon dioxide is the perspective. Look at her. She's a scientist. You just got to put it to her like that, Janae. You got to put it in science words for for Sarah to get it. I put it how I put it. And you know what? She perceived it how she needed to and put it into science go. terms. And her perspective is based from a scientific point of view. Y'all so, are yeah, blowing I think it's my like mind your, your right perspective, now. Perspective is your like point of view, I think. And then, oh, maybe I just read that. And that's why I'm saying that. Um, yeah. And then perception is like, you know, how you internalize your surroundings. Internalize. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the rose colored glasses. Have you guys heard that term before? Mm-hmm. this yes. episode <laughs> i'm like who hasn't right <laughs> what did you what do you guys think about that term like, have you ever like have you thought a certain way about it did you when you hear that do you what did you used to think do you still think that now that you've done a little research on it what do you guys think i've heard other ways of saying it so is it like the same as like kind of like she sees life in pink right so because she's wearing the glasses. You're translating <laughs> word for word from French, Sarah. La vie so en rose. Yeah. Is that yeah. the idiom? Is that the idiom in French? That oh, maybe said? that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what it is. But I, I think I just haven't heard the actual English expression with rose-colored glasses. I think that's what it is. I don't so think in, I have. In French, when you say she sees life in pink, like, do you know where that comes from and why they use that phrase? The way they use it it's probably the same then because i think it's just kind of like you see the everything is kind of like positive even if a negative situation happens you see the positive 
out of that because you're seeing life in pink. There's something called the rosy, rosy retrospection. And they were saying that that's quite possibly where the saying rose colored glasses come from. It could be literally derived from the word rosy. Like if you look at things as being rosy, it means that you're, you know, peachy, I guess would be another word. Like, um, but you know, and it's true because when I hear rose colored glasses, some people are like, some people talk about almost in a negative way. They're like, oh, well, I had my rose colored glasses on. I didn't really see the situation for what it was. Right. So in that sense, it almost sounds like you're gullible, you're naive, you're not um, aware. And then for some people, they're like, well, I'm just going to wear my rose colored glasses and get through this. Right. So they're choosing to see the positive or they're choosing to just be upbeat despite the fact that the situation isn't. So. So when I read this article, um, the rose-colored glasses idiom, it was talking about how that, like, going through life with uh, rose-colored glasses on can have as drawbacks. I do think that you need to have firm beliefs on things, but I think there's some things that, like, being at two extremes could be to a fault, as in, like, being cynical and, like, just being so negative. I mean... Where are you? Where are we going? And also, like being like have the false positivity, like that's not being realistic either. So I think, like having a very balanced and realistic view on things works better for me. Like seeing a situation how it's presented, like seeing for what it is, but then choosing to like focus on the positive. I feel like might be my way to see things like if something is is negative i'm not going to be like nope it's not it's great everything's great like you know those memes of that dog that's like standing in the room on fire and he's like everything's fine everything's fine and it's like no it's not fine <laughs> and it's okay like just let's just be real now let's be realistic and let's get out of this situation because it's not fine and so I think like that's what for me this is like let's just see things how they are and like let's focus our energy on making it positive if that's what you want. To me, I always saw rose-colored glasses as being a positive thing. And then I it hit me as I was reading about it that it actually could be like Vocal was saying, like if you're using it in a way to kind of avoid reality, yeah. then is it really a does it really feed your life to be you know, it's one thing to find the silver lining. That's a that's a good thing, yeah. right? Now they're saying, but it's another thing to be like, sometimes situations are just bad and yeah. no one needs you to find the positive in it. Like you just need to be in that bad for a little bit, feel the impact so you can actually process it and move on. And that's kind of what yeah. I'm hearing from Boko. Yeah. Cause it reminds yeah. me of like, you know, sometimes they, you know, like when you, you're, you know, you're kind of in a bad mood or you're kind of in a bad space and you talk to somebody and all they want you to do is like, well, cheer up. It's like, at least you don't have it worse or some people have it worse. And it's like, you know, yeah. it's like, it could be that person like has, you know, those colored glasses on. Cause it's like, oh yeah. And it's like, no, I'm not, I, I don't need, like, it's not necessarily what I need. I, I will, I can see the silver lining, but it's like at this moment, that's not the point. Right. You know, I feel like maybe some people who feel that way, they always feel like they, they can never have any negative feeling. And it's like, no, we're humans. We're, we're, we have layers and it's okay to feel things. So I guess it's just all about your perception of <laughs> how you use. You don't those. say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's refreshing to be around people who find the bright side 
I mean, I, I don't really consider myself that type of person. I mean, I just always say I'm a realist. I don't consider myself, well, actually I'm pretty pessimistic, but that comes from other things. But, you know, as someone who does kind of slant towards pessimism, I guess, it's really refreshing to be around people who will always shift my perspective and, you know, have me look at it from a different angle, as long as they're not making up something that isn't there, you know? that's where it's like, okay, now you kind of just sound like a crazy person. Like, look on the bright side of what? Like, this is just a bad situation. But, you know, if it's just something where I'm saying a an experience where something really, really bad happened and I had to figure it out. And so the person was like, well, now you know how to deal with that. You learned something new. And I'm like, that's true. You know, that there's always that, you know, perspective on it that now I learned something. I didn't die. I didn't, you know, and I did appreciate that perspective. I think you talked about that just uh, in our confidence episodes. Like you, there's just some people who just refuse to be encouraged and refuse mm. to to see the bright side. <laughs> and so I feel like there's both sides of this. Like I'm sure we've all known people. I mean, maybe you guys can think of people that do wear rose-colored glasses and they see the positive all the time. Like, does it actually mean that they're in a better position than the others that? refuse to yeah I don't know this actually made me think of social media influencers because I feel like um based on their content some social media influencers make it sound like life is great you know they wake up like this they have energy they do their smoothies they go for (laughs) workouts and the day like they're birds singing and you know the sun is shining and it's like wonderful and it's like well if you do this you could be like me you could have this great life and um it and you know but I feel like lately people have been posting more real things right (laughs) like not just their great days not like the get ready with me videos it's also been like you know um, I have bad days too because I think a lot of people were seeing these social media influencers and thinking like, oh yeah, like their life is wonderful. They don't have any down days. They don't have any bad days. And why do I feel that way? Why am I, why is my life not that great? Um, So I think like, once again, it goes back to like, people want to see real things, like just being balanced and like being realistic. I think that works more for people's morales. Um, But like, I couldn't think of anybody in my real life who's like, who's like that. I, I, I mean, and I feel like if I did, I probably wouldn't want to name them because maybe, I don't know. I'm like, I don't nobody know. If, like, what was that? I said, nobody asks names now. <laughs> but you know how we love to just drop names up in here. Yeah. <laughs> it, I couldn't think of anyone in my personal life, but I could definitely, I, I felt that, I feel that way about certain social media influencers. Yeah. I think that point kind of comes back to the fact that you that if you put yourself in a position of choice, and I feel like when we've had traumatic things or bad things happen to us, sometimes we don't feel like we're in in a position to choose. And we're always just reacting because it's how we feel or it's how we relate to whatever situations. Um, or we're, you know, I hate this word right now. I never used to, but I do. But we're triggered. Something creates some kind of response. But I feel like when you can really appreciate the power of perception in those moments, you can actually start breaking those things down. Like, why am I feeling this way? What is happening? Am I going to blame this on somebody else or something? Or am I going to just alter how I'm perceiving it right now so that I can actually be a little bit more positive in this moment? I don't want to say positive is the wrong word, 
beneficial. You're choosing to find something beneficial in that experience versus just living in the misery of it um, or the, or the extreme anxiety of it. Um, so what about like that thing that everybody always says, like you can do or be anything you want to, like, do you think that's true? <laughs> that, that's such a, um, it's hard to say. I mean, I guess in a general sense, I do believe that's true, like theoretically, but I mean, and it also really depends on if we're talking about me, Jessica, or like you as in someone else, because I think we talked about this on the confidence episode too. Like I'm, I'm much better at encouraging other people than I am at encouraging myself. So I'm all for you guys doing whatever you, I, I think you guys could be whatever you want to be. But for myself, I'm just like, mm, I'm going to stay in my little, you know, safe square. So I don't know. That's hard for me to answer. It's one of those yes and no <laughs> answers because yes, you can do anything you want, but I think it would depend on some of your resources available um, to you because I think about it and like just, um, I don't know if this is a little too political, but many people don't have the same resources. Some are rich, some are poor, and somebody who's rich is most likely their kids are going to have more access to, let's take celebrities, they're going to have more access to other celebrities. So if they want to be in acting, hey, it's not going to be as difficult as somebody who's, you know, from little old town, so-and-so, and then they're trying to make it there as well. So I think they might never make it, but they could try really hard, but they might never. So I think it really just depends on what's available to you and maybe how you use it and what you do with it and who you meet too so yeah yes and no i i'm going to say that it depends on because it's like saying you could be anyone you want to i think if it's something that you can control like something within you right like i want to be more generous or you know i want to get fit. If I think if it's something that you can, you have control over and that you can work on, I think probably you can, like if you want to develop qualities, you know, you want to do certain things within yourself that don't necessarily have like a lot of outside forces and interacting interaction with it. I think within you, you could do that. But if you say like, Oh, I want to be a CEO, that's not up to only your motivation and your desire. Like you don't say, I want to be a CEO. And then if you want it bad enough, you're going to be, you're going to be it. It doesn't work like that. Like other people have to be involved in that process. And I think when it, like you have outside forces like that have to be involved in that, I think there's more than just desire and motivation that comes with it. And like, this reminds me of like an episode of Superstore where they were saying that, like Glenn was like, you could be anything you want to, Cheyenne. And then Dina um, was like, well, can you be a couch? Can you be a giraffe if you want to? <laughs> and I thought, that's so funny because it's true. It's like, we say that, but is it true that you could be anything and anyone you want to if you want it bad enough? Not really, but there are things like, you know, it, 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 in some ways, yes. And in some ways, no. Yeah, I, I guess what I would say about that statement, you can be anything you want to be. I think that's over oversimplification of the matter. 
there's a lot more that goes into it. It's almost like you're implying that, oh, if you didn't achieve that goal, it's because you didn't want it bad enough. Like, how can you really qualify someone else's desire? And, you know, maybe they're just being realistic at a certain point. Let's say you have dreams of being an actress or something. Well, no, that's a bad example. But, you know, let's say you have dreams of being the CEO and at a certain point in your life, you just have to maybe settle for a different job that's going to provide you security because you're getting older, you want to settle down, maybe you want to have kids. You're not going to keep aiming for that thing and putting everything else on hold to try to, oh, I just need to keep pushing for it. Meanwhile, you're, the rest of your life is just, you know, pause. So I think there's a point where you have to be realistic and, you know, you're not, oh, you didn't want it bad enough. It's just, you're, you're just changing your, you know, your mind. Yeah, I think I read this thing about this woman who was saying, you know, and probably get deeper into this the next episode, but she was saying that she, um, she saw like, basically, there were like, if it wasn't perfect, it wasn't right. So like, that's Mm -hmm. a classic example of a perception. That's how she related to the world. She was like, if I don't fulfill on this perfectly, then I didn't do a good job. So she just saw things as being like there are perfect people who do everything right and there are people who don't. Well, we all know there's no such thing as a perfect person. So all mm-hmm. she ever could see in her life was failure. Like that's an example of a perception that like actually was destroying her. So here, if she's a ch- if she's constantly trying to achieve CEO status or whatever, but she sees everything short of that as failure, then yeah, that's gonna not be great for her (laughs) but if Um, she changed her perception on the matter then what what is it that she wants from being a ceo you know at that point you start breaking it down like what is it that i actually want to gain from this thing that i want and in that moment that's why i think it comes back more like if you believe that you can they always say you can right like i mean really to a degree we've seen plenty proof of that in other people that have their perspective or their perception in check in that time Yeah, I I have really mixed feelings about this because I truly do believe that if you want something bad enough, like how, how, you know, how much are you willing to sacrifice to achieve it? And then there's a point where you have to really realize what is your reason for wanting it? Like, what is it that you want to gain from it? I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's an unrealistic way. And yeah, when you break it down as simple as can you be a couch, then you're like, okay. (laughs) Literally. No, it is not a true statement. (laughs) And like all these people, like I'm just thinking, I mean, now I'm like going to riff, but I'm like all these people, like intangible things, like somebody wants to be married. If you want to be married bad enough, do you, do you, do you get married? I mean, I guess you could, but you want to have children bad enough. Do you go kidnap a child? Is that like what? (laughs) I'm just saying, it's just all these things where like, let's, let's be a little realistic here. Like, is it about the desire or is it about the effort or like what, like. I think maybe that's where, like, kind of what we said, like Jess said, is a bit too simplified of a sentence. Right. I'm glad you said that, actually, because that's a really good thing, right? The desire to be married and not being married is a really common problem for a lot of people. And it's true. It's like, I know I, I mean, here I am at the age I'm at, I am. So it's like, I'm still not married. But I have, like, really examined what is it that I want for marriage. So the part the part that I can't do by myself, I still want that. But there were other areas like security or like 
I don't know, companionship or these things, like I can find those in other ways. So like, there's a point where I had to choose to be content with my singleness and just take advantage of this time of my life where I really get to continue knowing myself more, you know, and um, I've really found other ways to fulfill those needs. And also probably our next episode, but I think back to like, there was a point where I realized that I wanted to mate so badly, but a lot of that was connected to this desire to have this kind of this intimacy that I didn't get to really grow up with by losing my mom at such a young age. Like I, I was trying to like, fill a void in my life so when I when I started to become really clear on that I realized like thank goodness I never married anyone because I would have married them out of the wrong thing you know when you marry someone from this like sense of deprivation I shouldn't say marry. when you add something or someone into your life out of a sense of deprivation you're most likely going to just feel that same thing with that person now because you didn't they didn't fill the void it's it's impossible so once I really realized that, you know, I've taken time to be able to separate those two feelings, but like that was a huge perception perspective type of moment. And now like when a guy, if I meet someone that seems a little bit too needy, I get really like, um, what's the word I want? Suspicious, I guess. Like I'm a little bit more cautious. I'm like, what, what void do you think I'm going to fill? <laughs> in your life because I don't want that role because I'm never going to fill it. So I can either continue to be, you know, lonely or whatever as a single person, or I can then find someone to marry and then be married with, a, or be married and still be lonely, you know, have a lonely marriage. So, you know, anyway, I, that was a huge perception moment for me. I'm glad you brought that up. You might've just blown my mind a little bit <laughs> with that. I, I, I feel like I really have to sit with myself and think about Am I expecting too much out of a relationship? Because obviously we have a similar experience with losing our moms. So I really have to think about, am I just trying to fill, fill an unfillable gap? Like I am seriously going through a lot of grief right now. And being as busy as I am all the time, like that's a way for me to avoid what's at the root. Like I'm about to strip away every single thing that I have built. I don't want anything else. Don't get me wrong. But like I'm really in how I'm feeling right now. I'm scared. Like I'm scared. Here I am. I'm actually going to achieve that thing that I've always, this untangible, intangible, in this intangible thing that's in front of me. I'm finally about to kind of achieve that. And it's like, then what? No wonder I've been creating all these obstacles for me to even get there because I haven't wanted to like get down to that like root of my being because I've been cluttering it with all these other things. So I didn't have to feel the impact of it. So I'm about to just be me. I'm about to have to live if anything and everything is just going to be me. I'm not going to be able to blame it on my business. I'm not going to be able to blame it on not having money. I'm not going to be able to blame it on like having whatever. I just, it's, it's a crazy experience in my life right now. And it's all these emotions are very, very raw. And it all comes down to how am I going to allow my perception to shape this experience? You know? I had to set a goal and I said the end of next year, which would have been 2021. And since then we had this big, huge thing um, called COVID that ended up impacting everything. And there was a point even where I like kind of was like, why am I still pursuing this? This is silly. But I just, I was like, who knows what life is going to be like by the time it comes. But, you know, my business did sell. I have someone who's taking it over um, and I'm in the process of that transition. I'm supposed to be out of my apartment in less than a month. And so I'm about to be homeless 
and jobless. And then the goal is to eventually live, hopefully in a French speaking country. But I just keep telling everyone it doesn't have to be that. That's just where I want to start. And um, I'm just looking for home. Seattle doesn't feel like home. It never has. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever that means. So I'm going to start an Instagram, an Instagram page, like a little, you know, IG diary kind of thing of my journey, because I don't know what's about to come. I've, lit- I've stripped away everything from my life that has fed my identity and has allowed me to feel centered. Like I, this is like how I'm supposed to live. And I'm, I undid all of it. I'm starting from scratch. I've always lived my life just responding to my circumstance. And this is the first time I'm creating it. I feel like I just was watching a movie or something. I forgot <laughs> that I was supposed to respond. Was I was going to say, like, I could sit here and listen all day and I'm good. I mean, yeah, <laughs> this is all I'm I need. Like, I'm going to rewind that, put the subtitles on, and watch it again. <laughs> I think well, it's amazing. I, I'm in, I just want to say amazing. that. Thank you. I'm encouraged by your encouragement because this is a very scary moment and it was super exciting in the beginning you know all the fantasizing and the researching and looking at pictures where I want to live where I want to go but like the closer it gets I'm like I am kind of freaking out but I'm like sad I I cry almost every day you guys like you know and for those that don't know I, I lost my dog um about seven months ago and you know she and I lived in this apartment for 10 years together and just the fact that I'm and I don't know what's to come. Maybe I'll just end up back here and I'll appreciate it more. I don't know. I think it's just amazing. You know, I think obviously it's such a big idea that at first, you know, we're going to talk about people's perception of you and things like that. I think something like that, you tell someone for the very first time, it could sound crazy. They'll be like, she's, you know, she's crazy. This is the perception that they have of you. You're just this crazy person, you know, but it's admirable that you were able to do all of that. You know, you've taken all the big steps, but not a lot of people can do that. It takes a lot of, you know, confidence and courage to do all that. So I was just going to really commend you. And I think you're at a great point in your life where you can do that. So why not? You know, (laughs) this whole thing would feel less crazy if I had a job, it would be like, well, yeah, I work remotely. I can go where I want. Nobody would think anything of it, but I'm just like, I just undid my livelihood. I'm about to undo my, my home. (laughs) Well, there's always a backup plan. Like you said, (laughs) oh, you can go to Boko's place and live there. Right. Well, and I've told people too. um, Yeah. Boko is actually going to, she's going to get a place where I can stay when I visit. But anyway, um, (laughs) um no i i've told people too like if i do come back in the state to the states it most like it won't be seattle the only thing that would bring me back here is just because my family's here and like if i really Mm -hmm. don't have a place to live or money to afford that i'm gonna need somewhere to like you know figure out my next move like Mm -hmm. that's the joy of having a home to go to right so it's it's kind of exciting to leave and know like i can still come back here let's move on with the idea of shaping how other people perceive us, um, what do you guys think? Do you think that we really can control how other people see us and, you know, what we give off and how we project ourselves and, and all of that? Do you think that we are in control of that? I think in a way, yes, because I think that's what social media is. Um, that's why people have, you know, publicists and they have, 
you know, all that crew around them to control a narrative of themselves and of what happens in their lives. So I think in a way, yes, we can control a narrative of ourselves or like portray ourselves a certain way, but also something like good out of you or, you know, this side of you, but there's like a certain period of time for someone to make a decision on you or to like, you know, cause like, what do they say? There's only one first impression. So, you know, it's like from that first impression, unfortunately we as humans do make judgment calls on people. And it's like, it doesn't matter if someone doesn't want to like you, it doesn't matter what you do, like, or what you show you are. They just, they just don't want to like you. So I think yes and no. Yeah, I think even after someone knows you for a long time, they can still misunderstand. I use the word misunderstand because like they say, there is always three sides to every story. There is, you know, each person obviously involved. And then there's the real because at the end of the day, everyone is going to like see things the way they want to see it, you know? So I think sometimes even after you've known you know, people for a long time, you can still not really know them very well, like really choose not to um, perceive them in the way that they want to be perceived. So it's, it's, it's really just unfortunate. And I blame it on, like we said, like Boko said, imperfection, you know? Yeah. Well, there's actually a saying, you know, they say perception is reality. It's your individual if this is how you perceive something as truth, that's your reality. That's your reality. That's why they say the truth can be different for, <laughs> I guess it depends on what you're talking about, obviously, but the truth can be different for different people. Like, did Columbus really discover America? That's what we learned in history books. <laughs> you are deep with that one. <laughs> well, and see, that's an interesting point that you just brought up because I think you can have a perception of reality based on the facts that you have at a certain mm. moment and then your perception can change like for me growing up in I mean again not to get political but growing up in the U.S. I did think that Columbus discovered America because that's what they taught us in school yeah um but I obviously didn't have all the information or like I listened to a lot of true crime podcasts, right? And one recently they told like the whole case and by the end of it, you're like, oh, well she did it. And then they went back and added more details that the jury didn't get on the first trial. And by the end of that episode, you realize, oh my gosh, all those things brought doubt into the fact that she did it. Like, I don't think she did it now because I know more about what really happened. So you're perception is kind of just based on like what knowledge you have at any given moment so it can always change but I think a key part of it when when you're perceiving other people is to be flexible to the change because I feel like some people like Boko was mentioning some people just maybe decide they don't like you for whatever reason and it doesn't matter what you do they're just going to keep thinking they don't like you and it's like obviously that's a very closed-minded way to be and I think just acknowledging that your perception can change and should change as you gain more knowledge of a subject is, you know, it's probably for the best. Yeah. So I was on Instagram today and um, I was scrolling through the reels and there's this woman. I'm not, I don't follow her, but some of her videos do come up 
and she was, you know, she, I, I think she's funny. Like some, the, the stories that she posts, I think she doesn't even try to be funny. Like she'll just say something like a very straight face and she's just telling the story, but with so many details and she's just funny. And so her video today was like, she said she got a D, her husband got a DM and someone was saying, your, your wife tries too hard. And she's her, so that video was a response to that. And she was like, actually, thank you. That's a compliment to me because <laughs> like, you know, and then she went through all these things. She's like, I have like crippling social anxiety, you know, like I suffer from depression and, you know, all these other traumas that she, she had. And she's like, and yet, and still, like, I, I try to put my story out there, you know, to like help people or, or you know, or also just, you know, share my experiences. So someone is seeing this of her and they're like, that's the perception of her. She tries too hard. And I just loved her response. I was like, you go girl. Like, I just thought it was funny. Cause I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like here's this woman. She's not even really, she, she never wears makeup when she does her videos. So how is she, what is she trying too hard at? Like, she's just being herself, putting herself out there. But then someone still has something to say. Like that person has already decided. I don't like her post. I don't like what she has to say. And that's not at all like who she is or what she's about. So I was thinking about her and about that while I was going through, I was, you know, preparing for this episode. And I thought, yeah, I mean, as much as you, you know, you know who you are and you, you think you're putting off something, the way that other people are receiving it, it's sometimes it is out of your control. And then if someone says something about you that you know for a fact isn't true, even if even if they're coming from a place of they believe it's true and now other people are now altering their perception of you, like that's a sucky place to be in when you're the, I don't want to say the victim, but the, the recipient. Thank of you. It. Yeah. When you're the recipient of that type of thing. Like I, I know I've been in that situation. Have you guys been in that situation? Did you try oh. to control the narrative? Did you just let it play out? I wish that my life was interesting enough that someone would make something up about me. I don't think that's ever. Well, you don't. To me. No, you don't. <laughs> I wish that, like, somebody, come on, somebody make up a fun rumor about me. What, what, like, has anyone ever been upset with you and then they try to paint you in a bad light so that they look like the victim in the relationship? Has that ever happened? Because that could be kind of similar, too. I mean, yes, for me, I, I've realized, you know, once again, I, the older I get, the more I realize I've developed traits and a personality that is just not everyone's cup of tea. That's right. It's just, I'm just not for everybody. I think when I was younger, I, I cared a lot. And, and I think because I grew up as like the youngest out of three boys, by the time I came to the world, everyone was so excited to have a girl. So everyone truly did love me. It was like, finally we have a girl and you know, she's cute. And it's like, everyone loved me. And then I grew up and I realized not everyone does. <laughs> and no, I'm serious. It's like a realization. I'm laughing that at someone who knew you in your twenties. Okay. Like I'm laughing <laughs> at someone who has literally watched you go through that. <laughs> yeah. I realized like, oh, not everybody likes me. And I was so used to having everybody like me. And then I realized, okay, like I'm, I'm becoming this person that, yeah, not everyone is going to like because I'm too sarcastic sometimes, you know, I, Sarah, 
She shook her head, y'all. <laughs> well, you know, when you stopped talking, I was actually going to say, here's what I was going to say. I was going to say, yes, Boko can be misunderstood because, like, friends, she's sarcastic. And if you know her, you know she can be really sarcastic. And if you don't know that about her, you can take something she says and just run with it. And you're mad for something that, you know, maybe wasn't even about you, for instance, but it Everyone has different. It was going to be a good thing when I when I shook my head. You know, it wasn't going to be a negative thing. Thank you. Your sarcasm has never really. Okay, maybe he has. <laughs> I don't I have think, I don't you think it's But that. wait, wait. I don't think it's just the about time. Wait, sarcasm. No, it's not just about that. But I think the time if I've, we've, we've had a conversation. If mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was the one time that it maybe did. I, we've had a conversation about it and it wasn't intentional. So it, that was, you know, it was, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make this about me, but um, I was saying, so yeah, definitely. I have thought deeply about the person that I've become and the person that I am and how I do come off to some people. And, you know, going back to what Jess said, this is literally why a lot of times when I go out and I meet new people, I, <laughs> I have sleepless nights after. Not even joking. Every time we record an episode, I don't sleep. Every time we post an episode, I don't sleep. When I go out and I meet people for the first time and I come home, I promise you I don't sleep because I replay every single thing, every joke, every look I gave someone. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I know that I put off something that I'm not. Like, I am I promise I'm kind and I care about my friends and I care about the connections I make, but I know sometimes my tongue is too swift and I say something and I'm like, I shouldn't have said that because they don't know me yet. Like they don't know that this is, you know, I'm not being malicious. So um, I definitely know that I am a villain in someone's story that I am, I am fully aware and I have come to be okay with it. Like I say it all the time. I know I'm a villain in someone's story and I'm okay with it because I know who I am and it's the people who love me and who take the time. I think they do know too. So maybe I'm stepping off my soapbox too. I don't know. You know, okay. I just want to say something about that as someone who, you know, I guess I'm not going to, I'm trying to remember when I first met you, Boko, like how I felt about you. Cause I mean, the thing is I knew of you and I met you through Sarah. I, I'm, I think maybe we met, like you came over to the hotel room when we were in like Norco or something. I'm trying to think like, I can't remember either. But, you know, we used to always just kind of have a bunch of girls over and we would just hang out. Um, and maybe you were, or maybe you stayed with us at the hotel. If I ever did, I'm, I don't have any memories of this, but if I ever did, at, when I was first getting to know you, have an experience where I thought, oh, she said something a little sarcastic or, oh, I'm not sure if she was joking or something like that. I guess it's like, for me, I, I, we're both close friends with Sarah. So I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt that like, (laughs) I'm sure that, you know, once I get to know her. Have you met some of other Sarah's friends? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. Well, that's why my friends are great. (laughs) I'm not friends with all of Sarah's friends, right? 
So, you know, it's like, and I'm not just talking about you, but I think, and that's what I mean about like also being open to your your perspective being changed. Like you could, you could perceive something and say, Ooh, I don't like the way she said that, but I don't have enough information to form a full opinion on this person because we just met. So instead of saying, Oh, Boko said something sarcastic. I don't like her. I'm never going to hang out with her again. It's like, Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if she's always like that. Or I wonder if maybe I just misunderstood what was going on. Let me, you know, let's, I'll kind of keep an eye on that. And when we hang out in the future, you know, at least for me, that's how I try to take it. I'll just kind of try to build an understanding of who that person is little by little, instead of taking like one or two situations and being like, that person is labeling that person. Unless it's something that's just so over the line where it's like, okay, if you're like yelling at old ladies on the street, probably don't want to be friends with you. Well, maybe <laughs> he was going too slow. Right, right, right. I would really need to know the full story of how we got there, you know? But in yeah. general, if someone just says something that's a little prickly, we all have our bad moments. Just got to be open to, you know, and be understanding. I want to say on that, that that is exactly why I feel like, yes, we might be able to control a narrative in a controlled setting, but we cannot control people's perceptions of us. We just can't. We can try, but we can't because at the end of the day, whoever we are is going to shine through. And Boku talking about being sarcastic or whatever, I think that's someone's excuse for not liking her, to be honest, because what is wrong with her sarcasm? Like, she's funny and she's charming. Like, you have an issue with her already. Let's just be real. Like, there's something about her that you don't like. And it's probably because there's something that you don't like about yourself as well or something. I don't know. But I don't I don't think that sometimes when people, like, hone in on, like, like the one little thing, like, you're not a bad person. You're, you're, there's, there's no reason to really, like, dislike you by what I have seen. Like, there's nothing you do that's, like, bad, right? And you don't, you're not out there trying to, like, hurt people. You really aren't. Like, I mean, and anyone who's going to take their mind and be like, oh, I met Boca one time and she's sarcastic and I don't like her. Like, you might be like, I have a hard time with people who have that kind of personality. But, like, to just draw a decision and say, I don't like her. I think that's more about the person. And that's why I think you can't form, you can't control people's perception of you, really. Because people are, like, I think Sarah, someone, someone responded to how that's like an internal thing. Like you can't control what's happening inside someone else. They are seeing through their own lenses and maybe they haven't gotten to a point where they're as self-expressed as you. And maybe that's, maybe they're jealous of it. You know, I don't think everything comes back to jealousy all the time, but I think it does control a lot of people's reasons for why they do and do not like people. Um, But I just, yeah, I, I get it. Sarcasm can be hard for some people, but I also feel like it's that person who we, we all know someone who's probably a little bit sensitive, right? But like, what do they do with their sensitivity? Do they expect you to change who you are because they're sensitive? Or do they recognize that maybe they can get sensitive? And at, and the flip side, if you have a friend that's particularly sensitive and they get their feelings hurt and it's something because of what you said, are you going to be upset? that their feelings are hurt? Or are you going to acknowledge the fact that you know they're pretty sensitive and you probably should have been a little more aware before you said that? But when people don't know each other, like how can you just like draw a line and be like, I don't like that person? 
you know, and I've always said, I have a very strong personality. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty much me, <laughs> like, you know, I, you know, well, and I, I, I can read a room though. Sometimes <laughs> I can get a little quiet. Cause I know like, this is not a room that's going to appreciate the things that are about to come out of my mouth. So I basically will choose not to say stuff, but it doesn't mean I'm not being me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and I've said that all the time, like people either really like me when they meet me because I am so incredibly myself or they hate me for it. And for the longest, that stuff bothered me. And I would have those sleepless nights as well. The only time I have a sleepless night now is when I already love a person and I know I've hurt them. Actually, I don't have to love them. If I know I hurt someone, even if I don't know them, I might have a sleepless night. People who are self-express can tend to offend others. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why maybe I'm getting deep, but I stopped drinking too. Because I realize, you know, when I get very excited and, you know, and and if I've been drinking, then I'm like really talking and I'm like very expressive and I start joking. And it's like, no, I just want to be a bit more clear minded. You know, as as I'm seeing these things, I want to know and be in control of what's coming out of my mouth. And so that, you know, I don't have to like replay it a thousand times and beat myself up later. And I think that is personally, in my opinion that is the right approach, right? You saw that in some cases you do get a certain way and you're like, I'm going to think about it and see how I can change that. And you've made changes towards that. I think at the end of the day, ideally in a perfect world, we should all be able to just sit down and look at ourselves and just be like, okay, something wasn't perceived the right way or whatever. At the end of the day, you can't control how someone perceives something. But you can say, hey, I can control something like that that can maybe avoid me being put in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. As long as she doesn't end up like, I think what you're saying is right on. It's And then I just know like I've done that and then maybe I've gone too far because I felt like this particular quality that truly is just like about me, like maybe I needed to soften it. And I'm always working on softening myself because I could use a lot of softening. But like the reality is at the end of the day, like how much of myself am I going to sacrifice to try to appease? You can't appease everyone because the more you start trying to change certain things about yourself, now other people might start perceiving you as being fake. Oh, she's so fake, you know, (laughs) right? Like there's a point where you just have to like know that your intention is not to hurt people. Your intention is is to, you know, be loving and kind and forgiving. And like, you have to really check yourself. What could I have been more aware of? Because not being aware is also not, that's not an acceptable excuse. Like, well, I didn't know I did that. Why are they mad at me? I didn't do it on purpose. It's like, okay, well, how about just accept that something you did, did actually hurt someone. So, you know, and, and when you start hearing things all the time, like people are like, oh, you know, I hear, I've heard themes in my life, right? That's why I know I could use some softening. <laughs> that, that's the, that's the common theme. I'm a bit intense and a very uh, strong personality. My personality ain't going to be any less strong, but I can definitely soften my approach. Yeah. I was also thinking kind of back to our last episode of, you know, the chemistry and compatibility, even in friendship. You know, you have to be compatible. Your personality has to be compatible with friends, you know? Like, it's not always about having things in common with your friends that come paper. If our personalities, you know, don't complement each other, 
then yeah, it's not this friendship is not gonna work out. So I think even in friendship too, you know, like if if you are too too sensitive of a person, and so you can't be around someone who jokes too much, or you know, then don't force it. Like instead of like criticizing the person, then maybe that's just not someone you want to have in close proximity of you, and that's okay. I think it comes to like I feel like when people criticize, it's like if you don't want this person close to you or in your close circle, then don't have them in your close circle. Like you don't need to criticize them <laughs> because they're people, there are other people who can handle that kind of vibe, that kind of personality and they're okay with it and it works for them, you know? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with like being nice. Like people act like, Oh, I don't like her. And mm-hmm. it's like, why do you feel that strongly? Like, yeah. <laughs> Really, like when 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 you have a friend that feels that strongly about someone else, you're like, well, what did they do to you? Like, I get like if they're just mean and trying to like hurt you and ruin your life, and like, yeah, I could understand such strong emotions. But if you just don't like them, why do you feel that strongly? And I don't really have any friends that are like that. I really don't. Um, but I do feel like at the end of the day, a lot of that comes back to that person. Like there's, there's something like you got to get real with yourself. Like, why? Like, why do you feel that strongly? It's just not worth it. The amount of energy that goes into that, it's just not worth it. But I will say too, you know, that whole, like, it's, it's important. If you have a trait that you think people aren't appreciating, work on it. But there's a point where you might just realize that there's nothing wrong with actually that trait. It's who you, it's part of who you are. So just remember too, that the things that you resist persist. So if you are really focusing on undoing something like it actually might get stronger so just really just try to tap into who you are what matters what your values are all that kind of stuff because that's going to be what changes that's going to be how you perceive other people because you you can't control how others see you but you can work on how you see others and through those lenses you might actually just be a better person which will ultimately help others see you that way as well Okay, so Boko's going to share with us a little fun fact so we can end this very deep episode on a positive note. Hopefully. I actually don't know what her fun fact's about. So, Oh, it's not deep. It's actually funny. I mean, I'm only going for fun for fun facts. <laughs> I'm not going for like deep stuff. So, But I need you guys. I need you guys input. So there's – oh, maybe you guys know it. Okay, let me just say it. There's only one letter of the alphabet that does not appear in any U.S. state name. Can you guys guess? Jenea, go first. Quick guess. What? Well, can, Top I have of a, head. can I have a moment to think? Z. Okay. No. Z. Z. Sarah. Oh, I take that back. Arizona. X. X. Oh, no, it's not X. It's Texas. <laughs> Come on, give me it. No, you, you can't think, think about, about it. it, girl. I, want, I really want to think. Just give me, like, one second. Q. Oh, you're a Q. I you know what? I took this fun fact back, okay? Because that was the answer, and you guys are lame. Oh, <laughs> why, why wouldn't you let us think about it, though? <laughs> I want this struck from the record. You guys... <laughs> I don't want this anymore. I'm going to say my other one. I don't want this. Wait, what? I shouldn't have given you the time and I knew it. Boko, you can't have a fun fact, ask us questions, and then get mad if we have the right answer. It is ridiculous. That was fun. It was fun. Why are you ruining our fun? (laughs) 
I didn't want okay. you guys to find it. I wanted to say it. <laughs> I, am not, I am not cutting this out of the episode. I'm a know. child like that, okay? I'm childish like that. <laughs> you know, oh, honestly, there are not a lot of options when you think about it. There are only a few letters that are very difficult, even mm-hmm. with people's names. And that's always because we play rapid fire. That's always what we get stuck on, those letters. Q, mm-hmm. X, Y. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not so Y, but like Q and X for sure. So mm-hmm. that was going to be my second guest anyway. That's true. Boko, it was okay. still a very fun fact. I did not know that before today. I now know the Q <laughs> is the one letter that does not exist in any state names. So I thank have you. Another one. Okay. So lemons float, but limes sink. Okay. That's another one fun. That's another fun fact. Oh, I thought it was like a riddle or something. I know. I was waiting for the rest of it. I was like, okay. I was about to guess. <laughs> That's it. It's something that we never think about. You think they're both the um, same. But did you read why? Uh, because limes are dancered in lemons. They drop out the bottom of a glass while lemons float at the top. Interesting. So there you Sense. Go. Try it. Science experiment. <laughs> just little things in life, you know, that just add a little spice to your knowledge book. Well, thank you, Boko. I have now learned two things today. <laughs> but the, my question is now, is that if the that's a lime, it's whole. It has to be whole, right? Okay, Janaya. Come on. Now. <laughs> I think though that if, if I'm, just, a, I'm totally you know, curious. Like, do like do lime wedges sink and lemon wedges float, or is it the whole fruit? Well, if you think about it, if the entire fruit is more dense, then you would think each slice would also be oh well, and that's why I'm the, asking. But the overall weight is probably Yeah. Well, you'll I have to know. okay, when you do the experiment, do it with the whole fruit and then cut it up. And well, let because, us know. like every drink, like I, you know, when I used to waitress and stuff, like you put the the wedges in and you put them on top of ice. So it's like it's not mm-hmm. like you're ever giving it an opportunity to do anything but be on the top of the glass. So now I'm actually really curious. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll do it and I'll film it and then we'll post it on our IG page. You only understand the reference if you make it this far in the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, thank you, Boko, for those fun facts. And thank you to my co-host for making this a very stimulating conversation. Just lots of great things to think about. And obviously, I tend to love these subjects that are very introspective. Um, I find a lot of power and encouragement in it. So please let us know if there was something particular in this episode that spoke to you. And if you have something to share to anything or to add to anything that we've shared today, please do so on our IG post for this episode. All right. Thank you so much. And we're going to go ahead with that and wrap up our episode. So merci et à la prochaine. Thank you and see you guys next time. I'm sorry I called you guys lame. I'm sorry. I didn't mean Still to. Recording. <laughs> you can put that in as our little funny sound bite.